I'm sure we're all just wide awake and back in the body real quick and easy. Huh? <laughs> Boy, you read. <laughs> I'm not back. Yet. I am the living, loving essence of the Lord. That's me. From Khalil Gibran, the awakened soul. He who endeavors to cleave the body from the spirit or the spirit from the body is directing his heart away from truth. The flower and its fragrance are one. And the blind who deny the color and the image of the flower, believing that it possesses only a fragrance vibrating the ether, are like those who, with pinched nostrils, who believe that flowers are not but pictures and colors possessing no fragrance. It's a good book. It's going to get caught up in reading that. Maybe we could do that for a class some nights, just read out of the book the whole class. Yeah. Not to read. Well, I don't know if we have any announcements. Announcements. Is there something coming up, Bill, for you or Laura? Laura? So March nineteenth. For those two Sundays away. For the for the last class of the abundance class, and you know who you are. Show up. <laughs> That's if been the been, last class. Bill's been facilitating a class on a manifesting in God's abundance. And so that's just a reminder for those who've been going to the class because you have to have had attended the others in order to attend the last one. So just a reminder. Thank you. You'll be getting something in the mail too. So. And Laura? And then this weekend we have uh, stories untold at my house. And <clears throat> if you haven't attended and would like to, you're welcome to join us on Saturday and Sunday. And then I'm um, starting a four-month workshop called Spiritual Tools. It's off of Jim's CD on spiritual tools starting in April. So if you haven't gotten a flyer, I'll have them here next week. I forgot to bring them today, but they'll be there. That'll be fun. Okay. Well, like I said a minute ago, or half hour ago now, <laughs> it seems like a minute, um, we were in New York this weekend, and we uh, you know, are slowly seeing a, a growth in New York taking place. We did another initiation and did a nice class all day Sunday with a meditation in the morning and a sharing and question and answer in the afternoon, and it was just a lot of fun, a lot of good deep questions and a lot of discussion. So it was it was a nice time, but we're glad to be home. <laughs> Nothing like your own bed. <laughs> Would you like to start? Okay. I'm still in that buoyancy of the meditation. It just kind of is a real wonderful experience for me. You know, because a lot of the times when I'm sharing the words, I'm just really flowing along with what I'm, what I'm actually experiencing inside. And I start to really feel um, the words that I'm sharing and that buoyancy. And just that floating 
kind of upon that ocean of loving in a way that I'm not even sure quite how to really share. I'm trying to find a way to describe the feeling of that. For those of you that are feelers, I don't know if you really felt a lot of what took place in meditation, um, but the lightness and the freedom that really comes about, if you got that in the meditation at all, that really all we have to do is let go. And in the letting go, the real experience of that type of buoyancy, that freedom of the spirit, that we can really begin to move into and experience. And it was really interesting in doing that meditation because it was very different than, I guess, what I've done in quite a while. I don't even know if I've ever done one quite like that before. And in that, it's really nice just to really let go and relax and just see what unfolded without trying to guide or direct or to have anything experience being brought forward for us to somehow experience in any certain way. But really just to flow upon that movement in the moment, just as it was showing up in the moment. And just like now, just holding to that place, that inner focus of just in the moment to see what shows up to see what we experience right now, no matter what's being spoken, but simply to go inside. What is it you're experiencing right now, right here? And just to follow that, even throughout the day, besides your meditation. I mean, in your meditation is that time upon which you can go directly inside, begin to open the door so you, you can move out of the body, that you can move into the greater experience of the divine within. And then the trick, is to bring that back with you. When you come back to the body, you now choose back into the body and just simply to experience the world once again with all the gravity and the poles and the challenges and struggles that come with the gravity? Or do you allow that buoyancy, that freedom of spirit to come back with you so that as you go about the day, you live in that greater buoyancy, you live in that greater freedom and allow that floaty-like feeling, almost like your head's in the clouds but your feet are firmly planted upon the earth, that you allow that floaty-like feeling to move with you through the day, that you really begin to live in a divine state of bliss and peace and harmony, so that as you move about within the body, that you bring that state of bliss and peace with you, so that it is always with you. Because a wonderful thing, it is always with you, because the truth of that, that is who you are, is a divine peace, that divine bliss. And wouldn't it be nice to live in that state of consciousness all the time, even with the eyes open, even as we're doing a day as busy or as hectic as it may get, to yet still have that experience of that divine bliss and buoyancy and freedom that we can experience in the meditation, that we can bring that with us throughout the day. Begin to do that. Begin, if you haven't done this before, Begin on a daily basis to find a way in your own life that you can begin to bring that experience, that upliftment, that, that lightness that you get in meditation. To begin to see how you can live that throughout the day, to bring that present in every moment. And at any time you find yourself not in that state of bliss or buoyancy, what can you do to bring yourself back into that? Because that's really the greater truth of who we all are. And it's just a matter of us giving the attention, giving the focus, giving the time to really hold that inner focus 
And if we've lost that focus, to do what we can to create it once again, to allow the truth of who we are to be lived rather than the physical, the astral, the causal momental, the illusion of who or what we experience as the truth of who we are moves in and through these levels. So in a sense, I feel like I'm giving you homework to really begin to see how you can live this more and more throughout your day. Because, you know, it's really interesting. It's in all the sharings and talks, Jim and I get to do with people, that most of the time they come to us with their concerns and their challenges that usually have to do with the mind, the emotions, and the body. But if we can really begin to really live this truth of spirit of who we are, a lot of those things, when you're in a state of bliss, a lot of those things, even though you experience them and you're aware of them, they just don't quite have the same effect upon you because of the state of consciousness from which you are living. And so really begin to find a way to live in that state of consciousness throughout the day as well as in your meditation. It's funny because right now as I'm sharing, I'm kind of having a hard time connecting physically because I'm still in that floaty place. And I've seen where in the past that I've, I've gone for the floaty feeling. And then when I do that, sometimes I feel a little more disconnected from the physical and how do I really bridge the gap? How do I connect those within me so that I really can live the spirit of who I am, but yet still when I'm in this world, be practically and physically anchored or grounded, as people will say, so that I can live the divine, but also handle the physical world and those karmas and responsibilities that I have to do during the day. And so right now as I'm talking, I'm actually kind of not really struggling, but beginning to really look and say, how can I connect that? What can I do inside of me to really feel and know that connection to the divine? Because I know it inside of me. And I quite often know it through my feelings. I know what it's like to feel disconnected. I know what it's like to feel connected. Because when I'm connected, I feel the oneness and the flow all the way through with no separations on any level inside of me or in that expression into the world around me. And so even as I'm talking right now, I'm experiencing that. And one of the wonderful things that I found, that even as I'm talking and sharing what's going on for me right now, is that that's all I need to do. Part of the way that I have learned to live in the here and now, in this moment, is simply to be present what is going on inside of me, and then to begin to really find a way to allow that to simply move and express through me. And sometimes it's silently, and other times, like right now, I'm getting to do it verbally. But I know if I just begin to move the expression to do my part, to take the steps to allow that flow and that connection to take place, it does take place. So right now in my sharing this, I'm feeling that now coming into the greater alignment and connecting it more in me and all the way through me in that way. And that's one of the keys that I often will share about is quite often is through communication. And when I say communication, though, I don't always mean just with other people. It always begins with self, the communication with yourself, to really begin to communicate with the divine. But then in that place of the spirit, the divine that you are, to also allow that communication upon that current of loving to begin to communicate with the mind, the emotions, and body. Just as in the meditation, where he said, just relax and open up 
and allow that loving to flow through you, bringing into alignment that peace, that balance, that harmony of the mind, the emotions, and the body. Because that's truly how it works. We simply open up and move back to that state of divine and then simply allow that action of the divine movement of loving to move through all the levels into the physical body. That is our true state of beingness. Anything else other than that is living the illusion, is living the world, living the mind, living the emotions. Those are all things of the world that we simply get caught up in, get trapped in, believe that's who we are, believe those feelings, those thoughts, those physical experiences. But yet all along, that's just the game. The game can kind of be fun sometimes, and the game can be really not so fun at other times. But as we begin to live the greater truth of who we are rather than the illusion, and as we wake up to the knowing of what that is, and in that knowing we choose into it more and more so that we begin to live in that state of beingness more and more, that even the challenges begin to smooth out. They begin to become gentle. We don't avoid them anymore. We won't fight with them. We just simply will be present with no matter what is taking place. And being present in the truth and that loving that we are will automatically begin to change those areas of struggle, those areas of disturbance, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's mental, whether it's our imagination, no matter what level that is, it will automatically begin to change and come into alignment with the truth of spirit because that's where we've chosen to really live from and chosen to really be is in that. It really is a place of choice. And in that choice, you will know it. The signposts are clear. The signposts are loving. The signposts are freedom. The signposts are that upliftment, that lightness, that joy, that peace. Those are the signposts. And if you pay attention, you can't miss it. So pay attention. Find the loving. Look for the signpost. And when you find the signpost, keep your eye on the signpost because the longer you keep your eye on that, the more you move into the greater fullness of that loving, of that spirit. And that's all you have to do. The more you hold your focus, the more you expand into that state of beingness, the more it will flood through your life completely and fully, bringing those greater changes, bringing the greater state of beingness within you, bringing about the changes in your life on the other levels so that all lines up and that you really experience the fullness flooding and overflowing into all areas. And then life really begins to take on a new light. Your life really changes it really becomes a whole new journey than what you've been living up until that point. And it's a fantastic journey. So begin to live it in a greater way. If you recently have found yourself on a plateau or becoming stagnant, taking things for granted, maybe things seem kind of flat, like your meditations are going nowhere, things are kind of boring in your life, or they're challenging and you just can't seem to find your way through, Begin to change the way you approach your life inside. Don't do anything else. Don't even try to change anything else. 
only do one thing different, and that is live the loving. Live that divine loving that you are. Only do that. Only make that the difference, the only change you do. And if you truly do that, I will guarantee all the other will change. Because I know that's all you have to do is live the divine and your life will change. It will begin to move about in such a way where you will experience the greater joy. And then life will be that greater journey of one of enthusiasm, one of greater experience. That joy of the child begins to return. We begin to explore and have greater happiness as we move about. Things seem, just kind of seem almost magically sometimes to change and unfold in new ways that we may not even thought of before. But in order for that to unfold, we truly simply have to move into that state of the beingness of the divine. That's all we really need to do. You know, we talk about so many things in here and on my one-to-one -one appointments with people and in different groups or classrooms, we'll talk about so many ways to approach life, but it really just boils down to this one thing. And that one thing is that loving. That's all it boils down to. Was it here in this class that I shared that years ago when I attended a retreat one time and I had this profound inner experience where I knew there was only one answer to every question and that answer was God. I don't remember if it was in this Tuesday night class I did that, but that stays with me to this day and that's what I'm talking about tonight is really there is only one answer and that answer is God, which is loving. So if you truly live God, you're living loving. And if you truly live the loving, it really is the only thing we need to be doing. But it is an internal state of beingness. It has nothing to do with your physical actions, your mental thoughts, your emotional feelings, your creative imaginational dreams, fantasies, visualizations. It has nothing to do with any of those. We literally need to just let go of all that. And I know that's the challenge. I know it is. But if you can just remember, there's only one thing you need to do, and that's be loving. And the way to do the beingness is to do the loving. And the way that we teach is to hold that focus at the spiritual eye, chanting that sacred name of God. That's it. That's all. That's all, folks. I don't know how to do the Bugs Bunny thing or bitty, 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 bitty. That's all, folks. It's funny because I, I don't know what else to say right now because it's just so direct and that's really all there is. And then it's just, well, how do we keep living in that? How do we keep being in that? How do we stay there and not move out of that? And I don't know anything else other than just to hold that as a place of beingness, always looking, always hearing, always feeling, always experiencing. In any moment, in the body or out of the body, I don't care what level of consciousness it's on and where you find yourself present, it's the same thing. 
in body or out of body. It's nothing to do with that. It only has to do with that loving state of beingness. It's nice because I'm really experiencing it now, but I don't have any other words right now, but I don't feel myself turning over to Jim yet to start talking. But I guess I will, because there's no more words. Well, in line with um, what Brian was talking about, one thing that I saw in the meditation, and one thing I saw in New York when we were there, is how so many times in so many different practices in meditation, in the spiritual journey, we hear and we begin to believe that the spiritual path is long and hard and challenging, that there's a lot of work to do, that we've got to clear all these karmas and whatever. And we make sometimes the inner pathway just as challenging as the outer. We make it seem as impossible, unbelievable, as the outer seems to be impossible and unbelievable. And the one thing that I do know is there's a key that does work, and it makes the journey very quick, very simple, very easy, and it works every time. I have no doubt about it. I've witnessed it. When people do begin to really put this key into practice, it works and works quickly. And that is, seek first the kingdom of heaven. That is a profound key for the inner journey. Wherever you hold your focus, that is where you're going to be moving toward. And that'll be your destination that you will achieve. If you seek God, then you will go to God. You will wake up into God. You will know the truth that God and you are one. But if you believe that there's a lot of things that you have to take care of in your meditation and many places to go to in your meditation before you ever get to that destination of God, of heaven, then you're going to walk this journey where you're going to be going through many different experiences, many different challenges, many different levels and realms. And in truth, all we have to do is seek first the kingdom of heaven. The more that we talk about God and God first and God only and letting go of all those things that lie between you and God so that you can wake up into God quickly and easily, the more we talk about it and the more people are beginning to put that into practice, the more we are witnessing, the more we are hearing from people how quickly that is truly happening for them that it is a pathway that is simple, that is easy, that is filled with grace and loving, that is direct, 
that doesn't have to be hard and long and challenging. But there are so many teachings out there. There are so many practices out there that talk about the hard way, the difficult way, the dark night of the soul. And there are many people that come into pathways such as this that talk about the simple, easy, grace-filled path of the Holy Spirit, of the sound current, of the Lord's loving. And when they bring into that simplicity the belief of the dark night of the soul and having to work all their karmas free before they get to God, they find themselves in challenge. They find themselves going into doubt and disbelief. And they keep running the old patterns if they're not careful. One thing I do know, that if you want a dark night of the soul, you can have it. You can create it. You can manifest it. And you can live in it as long as you feel you need to, you want to, that you're worthy of it. But I know that the dark night of the soul is an illusion. It isn't real. It is not real. The soul doesn't go through a dark night. The soul lives in the realm of spirit, in the realm of divine loving. It never left those spiritual planes, those spiritual realms. It never left there. It cannot be corrupted. It cannot be hurt. It cannot be killed. It cannot be poisoned. It cannot be altered. It cannot truly turn away from God because it is in the realm of God. It is in the realm of loving. So how can the soul go through a dark night if the soul is in the purest place of the purest light? It can't. It can't. But the mind can. The emotions can. The body can. So if you find yourself in a place of darkness in your life, in a place of separation, in a place where your spiritual pathway just doesn't seem to be carrying you forward into that place, of heaven, of God, of loving, of the spiritual realms. Look and see what is truly taking place. Look and see where is your focus. Look and see what is running you that might be creating that sense of separation that some call the dark night of the soul. Separation is a darkness. Separation is a loneliness a longing, an ache, a pain, a cry. It isn't fun, but it is an illusion that we allow ourselves to create, to empower, and to live if we're not careful. Oftentimes we'll move into that when we are living in a place of unworthiness when we feel that we are unworthy of God's loving, that we are unworthy 
to enter into those pure realms of spirit. And that unworthiness will separate us, will cause us not to allow ourselves to experience the divine, that living, loving that we are and that God is and that the spiritual realms are. So if you find yourself in separation, in darkness, in pain, if you find yourself living in what some people call the dark night of the soul, realize that that is not of spirit. That is not a spiritual action. It isn't necessary. God doesn't want you to live in separation, and God doesn't want you to experience the dark night of the soul. There's no need for that in a journey back home to God. We've been living, if you will, in the dark night for a long time. Not of the soul, but just in the dark night of illusion. This is a shadow world. This isn't real. It's all shadows. It's all illusion. And it is dark. It's very interesting truly live in the realms of spirit and then to come down into these physical material worlds and the more you go down into them the darker it gets the darker it gets the darker it gets until there's just a little bit of light down here for the soul to see with we look sometimes when we look out and it's a bright shiny day and the sun's shining bright in our face, and it's just almost so bright we can hardly even look. Look at it, it's just so glaringly bright. And yet in truth, that is dim. That is dull. It is just a poor reflection of the greater truth, the greater light that exists in the realms of spirit. And so look and realize that if you are in a dark night, that you are looking the wrong way. You're looking the wrong direction. Look back to God. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Look to God first. Look to the source of all life, of all light, of all sound, of all grace. Look back to that place. Turn and look a different way. Turn inside and begin to do things differently. Believe that you are a child of God, even if you don't believe it. Believe it. Walk it. Live it. Speak it until you wake up in the knowing of it. Fake it. Make it up. Mock it up. You do not have to believe it, but walk as though you are, and you will become that. But all you have to do is inside, turn around, bring your attention to God first. And in all things that you do, have God before you in all that you do. When you go to open a door, say, God, I'm opening this door for you. When you start the car, say, okay, God, let's go for a nice journey. This is for you. Do everything with God, for God. Put God first in it all. And then God does become 
alive. God does become first in everything you do. And you find God in everything. And one thing you find with God is there is no dark night. There is no darkness. There is no shadows. There is just light. There is loving. There is peace and there is joy. And the soul is at rest and at quiet. Even in the midst of all that is of this shadow world, it knows itself as a child of God. It knows itself to be the living, loving essence of the Lord. It knows itself to be in that flow of the river of loving. And in that knowing, it can go forward, even in the midst of all this darkness, of all this chaos that exists in this creation, and find peace, and find centeredness, and find quiet, and be loving. 